Welcome to Dare to Dream. This is Debbie Dashinger, the place to be if you're into transformation and cutting edge conversation. Today's show is going to feature, I love this name, Siobhan Nicolau, today's guest. She is a metaphysician, a published author, and an expert in the field of emotional energy transformation. This show has been nominated for Two People's Choice Podcast Awards for a Webby Award. It recently won the Coalition of Visionary Resources Award for Best Podcast and Radio Show. And Dare to Dream with Debbie Dashinger is listed in Welp Magazine as one of the top 20 best podcasts to listen to. Thanks for being on this journey with me. And thank you for your comments. Thank you for subscribing and liking. It really makes a difference to hosts, by the way. So thanks for doing that. And I do read everything that you write. The show is sponsored by Dr. Dane here in Access Consciousness. They do beautiful energy work out into the world. You can become a facilitator. You can learn the BARS method. You can take their classes and courses all over the world. Go to Dr. Dane here, H-E-E-R.com or accessconsciousness.com. I am Debbie Dashinger and I run a media visibility hub. What that means is everything I do out in the world, I coach you how to do. I show you through my book writing groups and private sessions, how to write a highly engaging book, a page turner in fact. Once your book is complete, a fully done for the author's service, I run and it takes author's books to a guaranteed international best-selling status. And the third leg of the hub is the ultimate visibility formula, how you can be interviewed on radio and podcasts and get massive results. It is the entire everything system so that you can promote yourself exactly like a publicist would do. But my darling, you save between five to $15,000 every month because you learn how to do it yourself and you get coached how to be exquisite while you're on air. So I've got a free gift for you along these lines to show you more of your visibility and your possibilities, your books and your interviews, go to debbiedashingercom slash gift. I just ran a course, a five day challenge, and I was so moved by how many people joined the challenge, how to be interviewed on podcasts, merely from listening to the show. So this stuff works. That's why I wanna teach you how to do it too. So the episode today features an expert in the field of emotional energy transformation in humans, but also in homes. My guest, Siobhan Nicolau, is a medium and she utilizes guidance and tools from higher consciousness and helps clients and students overcome the divided perspective in their minds and hearts, which keep them from living the truth of who they are. Siobhan is a natural, clairsentient, clairvoyant, clairaudient, who has been consciously sharing her gifts through readings and classes since 1988. You can learn more at SiobhanNicolau.com. I'm gonna spell that for you. S-I-O-B-H-A-N-N-I-C-O-L-A-O-U.com. And with that, I welcome Siobhan to the Dare to Dream show. Welcome Siobhan, great to have you. Thank you so much. That is like an Irish name and a what name? How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, um, I, it's an Irish name. It's Gaelic. And so it's not really common over here. Uh, I'm not Irish at all. I got my name in a golf club deal. (laughs) So Nicolau is a Greek name and that's, uh, you know, uh, ex-husband's name. And, you know, we have all these names, but yeah, Siobhan is more of a vibration to me and uh, I got the name uh, given to me. So. Beautiful. And I think it's really interesting in your bio where it says you're a natural clairsentient, clairvoyant, clairaudient. I am clairsentient and clairvoyant. I don't think I'm clairaudient. Um, What does that mean by natural before those words? Well, I feel that there are people that go to have, go to classes to develop these skills Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, which everybody is to a certain degree. Absolutely. It's just we have emotional energy in the way of accessing them a lot how much we're conditioned when we're a child absolutely uh can have an effect on our ability to utilize our gifts um you know as we get older and so uh, i was just always this way 
I was kind of wide open and a natural medium, if you will. And, you know, energy was, uh, I was very much influenced by my environment growing up. So it was very hard to live in my home and then yes. feel my way out of it. Oh my God. I relate to that so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's very <laughs> hard. It's hard when you grow up where there's a lot of darkness. Yes. And then on for anybody, obviously, but then on top of it, when you're an uber sensitive, correct. You, I don't know about you. I didn't know. I didn't understand what the heck. I didn't even really, I don't think very much. I'm in the mindlessness category. I, I, I don't even know what mindfulness means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a trend or something now. Uh, I think it means self-awareness in my world. Uh, just being more self-aware and uh, no, I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know why I was sick all the time. I didn't know mm. why I was shredded emotionally. I didn't know why I chewed my fingers to bleed. I didn't know why I was sick, you know, and it was just that my, my being didn't know how to process the amount of intensity in my environment. So I manifested illness and ex experienced seeing my first spirit well the first time I experienced it or remembered experience it was at seven years old and you know before that I'm sure I was seeing all kinds of things but not knowing what I was seeing amazing yeah we're gonna talk about a lot of things today okay one of which including but many other things because you offer so much is your book and here we are the absence of evil and this is Siobhan's book and this is a memoir and it takes the reader on a journey with you in your life. And it goes from innocence, innocent chewing little child, sick little child, to the awakening being that you are right now. When you were writing the book, because <clears throat> I'm a book writing coach, because I get fascinated. Mm -hmm. Was it hard for you to remember so much of your life? And then if whatever that process was, was it hard for you to share your story and get it out? Well, I wrote my first edition of this book. I wrote the wrote it all out longhand and burned it in about 1998 because I was still working through so much that it was just about the story at that point. I was still in the, the process of learning how to transform emotional energy to free myself from the bondage of illusion. And uh, so I burned it. And of course, I, I was a mother and we moved and life has moved extremely fast for me. It always does. And um, so it really fast forward to, you know, and then I wrote another uh, manuscript and I hung on to it and hung on to it. And I just compiled all these dream journals, like hundreds of dream journals. Um, I think the way I'm able to remember my experience as a child so well is because I am so sensitive that I literally Im imprint everything on every level. So if I'm looking, I can experience a bowl of salad on 12 levels if I want because it's just not salad. It's so many feelings and so many other things to relate to about salad <laughs> or the sea out in the Aegean Sea. You know, it's Im imprinting everything with my senses. So it was the cyclical counterparts to my outer senses were very, very developed when I was young. And yeah. so it, it leads to being able to recall it from a deeper level than just the mind or the memory. And so uh, I wrote another manuscript and then life got really busy and raising my daughter, making sure she's all set and all that. And uh, it wasn't until she graduated from college that I literally felt this weight lift off my shoulders physically. I felt it lift. And then um, I was inspired to pick it up again and go for it. And, and then it became what it is. <laughs> and published. So that's a big deal. Oh, I know. Yeah. So yes. I know that Albert Einstein's quote is important to you. You cannot solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. What does Very that mean to you, Siobhan? It is, there are so many wonderful sayings and, and they're so wise, but it's to me, it's not enough to just agree with something. It's, it was really important to have the experience of something and then be able to agree with it. And, you know, people say, yes, it's higher consciousness, yet they still continue to, to argue and fight on the battlefield of duality, trying to change the world. And what we work with in this, uh, you know, in this uh, teaching is just non-resistance. And that's how you overcome non-duality, self-love and non-resistance. You just can't recognize duality and be fighting in it and be whole at the same time. 
So when you become self-aware, then we have tools to transform that emotional energy. That's just simply a byproduct of coming into physicality. They are, you know, if you take on a body, you're going to have emotional energy. It begins being, you know, you begin being influenced by it and permeated by it from the time you're conceived. So as soon as the form starts to take shape or conception, then the emotional energy that's in the environment that is part of the, the world begins to also be created within the physical form. And so by the time you're born, you're just vibrating all of these uh, waves of energy, lower band of frequencies, you know, band of lower frequencies. And then they start to create and, you know, know, uh, bring back your reality to you. You start to experience it as if it's real. And then about the time you're eight, and that's one of the greatest things from Bruce Lipton so many years ago, he said pretty much the same thing but what i've discovered through my experience of it is he's absolutely correct and that it's about eight years old when the mind starts to form and then you split off from how you feel and learn how to survive in the world so all of your emotional baggage in this life is created from the time you're conceived till you're about eight um there's a whole episode in your book and it talks about the difficult marriage that you went through and the family that was attached to that marriage Mm -hmm. and just catching me up to right now based on everything i read here i would assume you're not still in touch with the mother-in-law but i'm just checking in with you (laughs) to see are you free and clear well, I, you know, it's so funny after all those years and when I began my healing, I mean, she was really a huge reflection for me, um, you know, in my soul searching because beyond just the initial um, emotional energy we come in with this life, it's all in resonance that we bring back the soul that we've left here before. And so every time we pass, we leave another imprint of emotional energy behind. That's what the soul actually is. That's the way most humans normally experience the soul. You can transform the soul. The subtitle of my book is Love's Reclamation of the Soul. So you can reclaim the lower soul by turning it back into the love it doesn't know itself to be. Uh, And that's what we teach people how to do. And that's what I've been doing for years. So when she showed up, it was a, um, a real interesting time. On the other side of that, I found these tools. And then doing the deeper work, I discovered um, the part of myself that was her before. Mm. And my, you know, my... The, emotional energy I left in, in what they want to call past lives that really don't exist. It's all the now, uh, it catches up with you. And then you get reflections in other people that most people want to blame for their experience rather than own it and heal it within themselves. Um, and so we, we take, we teach people how to take responsibility for what shows up and how to, uh, transform it from the inside out. So to answer your question, uh, no, I don't need to have anything to do with her. I got the best daughter in the world out of the whole deal. And she's just amazing. Uh, But other than that, no, the family, you know, you just bless them and let them go. Uh, I did find uh, all these years later, probably about three years ago, um, a, uh, well, when I was in California, when I left Boston, I was lying down on the bed one day and I saw, it was like the twilight sleep that I'm often in when I experience these things. And I, I it was someone standing over me and put a black widow right in my third eye. Hmm. And I woke up kind of startled and I went, well, that was interesting. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't connect anything. I don't think about it. I just thought it was interesting. So probably five years later, I was relaxing in a, at a cabin in uh, Tahoe that was really beautiful in the winter. And I was listening to something that was taking me very deep, you know, in front of the fire and, uh, I felt this web break around me and the spider fall to the floor and I just saw myself smash it and, and her face showed up. Mm-hmm. So there are energies that, you know, people, their thoughts and their feelings will, you know, hang on for a while. So I don't know what she's still hanging on to, but I'm pretty clear now. <laughs> yeah. Can I, I have a question because you use the word we a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't need that anymore. Who are you referring to? Well, uh, we is the collective. It's uh, like my spirit is source energy and um, they are a part of the whole of who I am. You know, I am all part of the whole of who we are. And so it's not really me. I don't identify with a 
separate personality. I am that, the collective we. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So before we go forward, because you do really interesting work and reading about all the stuff you do, God, it made so much sense. Thank so you. share a little bit so folks understand what is the work you do today? Well, if I'm working with someone, I mean, it doesn't matter what they come to me with. We focus on the origin of the issue and it's all begins and ends within your emotional body. And so if you work on with a problem on the same level of consciousness that created it, then you're never going to get over the problem. And so there's that saying again. And so what we do is we work with connect, helping them get connected to the love that they actually are, and then working with that conscious consciousness consciously to overcome that which doesn't know itself to be love and appears as a negative emotion or a bad experience. We help people focus inward to solve a problem rather than trying to manipulate it in external reality. Um, the tools that we use are uh, golden light and meditation. Oftentimes, I mean, spirit is really running the show when I give someone a reading or they come to us for a problem. Um, if they come to us for a reading, then we, you know, kind of condense things. Oftentimes, uh, spirit will have me give them an activation, depending upon where they are and what's going to be most beneficial. Um, and then we just do what we're inspired to do. Oftentimes it's starting them with a meditation or helping them connect the dots within themselves. We have a whole lot of different things that we do to help people. And it's all inspired in the moment. And talk about the home piece, because I think the, what you do okay. with home. Well, what's interesting that I've found over so many years, I mean, spirit, as you can tell in my book, has just moved my life very quickly and putting me in, in a lot of scenarios to just do the work. I never thought about it. I never went to a class. I just, I don't know how I knew what to do, but I did it. And um, so houses are like bodies. Just, and they accumulate a negative emotion, just like a body does. So here we have this beautiful home on a virgin piece of land, which is hard, doesn't really exist on the planet, but, you know, and say it's just people move into it with their stuff. So they take their emotional energy with them and all their dramas are filling that home. And so you can have everything from, you know, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, all of that. And it's dumped into the home. Uh, you can even have a family that seems to live pretty calm, but yet they're, um, you know, in their head a lot and generating other energies uh, while they deny their feeling level. And that all becomes part of the house. It becomes the air of the house, the energy of the house, which is um, invisible, yet over time it will permeate the walls themselves. There's been few times I've gone into house and just touched the wall. I know the room I'm standing in. I know what's been said. I can hear it in the walls. The emotional energy stays in the walls. So what we do is very unique because we transform the energy. So we transform the, even the structure of the house. Can you do it remotely too? Mm, I do a, a lot of work remotely and it's really profound. It takes a lot of energy, but yeah, I have lots of testimonials to that. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Cause I'm really fascinated. Like how, is it one session or how? Do well, if someone comes to me with a house, that's you know, upset or, you know, they're buying it and it has a history. Mm -hmm. um, I can tune into uh, the house while I'm talking to them and see it inside and kind of feel where things are within it and kind of get an idea of what happened. Um, I just make an appointment with them to, uh, you know, either visit the house or work with it remotely. So that's pretty cool. They get a consultation on that and we kind of talk about things that are happening and spirit guides me as to whether i'm supposed to show it physically or not mm. and it takes a lot more energy to do it remotely because it, it takes time to be able to focus but yeah we've done some amazing work from thousands of miles away clearing energies of murders and other things like that and it's not just the soul people say oh you just clear the soul well it's really not no clearing going on it's transformation of everything there just and including the land and the structure so we work with it continually for the minimum of uh three months after i do the initial work on the house beautiful yeah and really when is. you use those words what it, what is the difference between a spirit to you between a spirit and a soul well, I feel that spirit is, okay, in the normal human experience, soul is negative emotion. Transformation of the soul reclaims the light of the soul, which then becomes the highest part of itself, which is spirit. 
So they're really not in truth separate, but the human experience is separate. So because most people never take the time or bother to love themselves, what that really means and the transformation of the negative emotion, then they end up just the body just dies and their imprint stays and the spirit is the purest part and that is just everything. So there is a highest frequency of you that does leave this, you know, will not really leave the dimension, but it goes into everything else that to is spirit. I find that spirit is a, is a, uh, lives with inside love in this dimension. That is what I've discovered, that it is a uh, dimensional difference. So we have the realm of spirit, which is the white light truth, but it's a different vibration than love itself. Love is a tool for humanity to overcome the duality to arrive at the truth of spirit. So, you know, in a normal human experience, they're going to say, okay, the soul is just hangs out on the earth plane, which it does until it's reclaimed. Uh, and the body just dies because that's what the body does. Well, in truth, when you transform enough of your emotional energy, you're literally reclaiming the light within the body. Mm -hmm. uh, scientists have now proved uh, that the body is made of light. Everything is made of light. And so you can reclaim it as such instead of just knowing it you really you know there's a whole process we show people how to do to reclaim the whole of the self and leave nothing or a very little behind if you want so spirit is really the life-giving source of everything including love and in this realm spirit is an aspect of love it lives within the love and gives love life in the higher realms of spirit love is an aspect of spirit and when you say um emotions are the root of what causes everything. And so that's yes. what you suss out, you know? So my understanding is that sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, meaning that probably the majority are an emotional situation or belief, etc. But also there are people who are like, why is this going on? This is so strange, but it's a past life or a parallel life or well, it's all the same. It's all now. And all that a past life is, is an emotional imprint you've left behind. The only reason why I'm bringing it up, Siobhan, is because I think that can be very difficult to suss out if you're not living it in this 3D reality right now to understand like what the F is going on when right. in fact, right, it's an imprint. Right, because people are mostly focused in the external world. And so they're all looking for the answers out there too, instead of within where they live and everything says, look within. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, there's a process of <laughs> deepening your experience and knowing yourself as the consciousness you are experiencing yourself as the consciousness that you are. And from that uh, platform, you can recreate everything. You can let go of the illusion of disease and, you know, things like that. You really literally get to feel and experience yourself as consciousness. When, when I do my home that I live in, no matter where I live or whatnot, you know, I make the consciousness within it conscious. Same with my car. So I'm having a completely different experience with this in reality as being, you know, I feel the essence of it as myself. We have a relationship as consciousness. And so people can do that if they want to know themselves first as the consciousness that they are, and therefore having a different, a different experience with everything in the world um, as more like themselves than separate from it. Okay. And it is hard for people to understand because you can't really think this material, you've got to do the work to arrive at this experience and, and um, you know, experience teaches. Yeah, that's <laughs> So f f with what you're saying, how can people make the consciousness of love their dominant vibration? What, what can you share that might help pe people who are well, listening? Well, the way that I did it is to begin to work with the golden light. Before I became, uh, before I was literally told by the beings that I was channeling back in the 90s that uh, they were going to govern my information because they really wanted me to, to get that I was the information I was seeking outside of myself. And I was like, okay, well, when I heard about the golden light and it was brought to me, I just hissed at the recorder of my ego had so much invested in knowing everything, but my life certainly didn't reflect my knowing, which is a lot of cases in a lot of spiritual people. 
And so um, working with the golden light tools got me in a golden light meditation to begin, got, got me to bring it into the body again and again and again and again and again and again. When you do something, when you see something, and I mean, at first, if I can do this, anybody can, like I was so mental that I, I saw myself over here. I couldn't even align myself with it. So I didn't, I had no guidance. So I just did what I, what, what I was shown, you know, what, where I was. So I was seeing myself over here outside of myself, meditating with the golden light pouring through me over here. So that's how it began for me. And then one day after doing it, it just shifted and I felt it really within me. And so it was a process for me that took, you know, sometimes chunks of time in order for something to shift and then lead me to the next step. So we are, we've been cultured for these past 30 years to really help people right now get on the fast track because we're, we really, <laughs> we're on a fast track now. So we've been cultured to really get people to open up, wake up, get the tools and get moving. Um, and so the golden light over and over and over now that's even evolved into meditation now, which we uh, recommend that people realize that it's not the old times of sitting and meditating and getting up and disconnecting and then sitting back down and meditating again. I laugh at ourselves thinking about how we did it decades ago, because it's more of a way of being. And so we work with a set of tools that encourage people to realize that the golden bubble of their being, you know, to work with it consciously every single day and every moment that they can throughout the day to keep it beneath their feet and working with the breathing of the golden light while their eyes are open, while they're at work, while they're talking to people, while they're driving their car, while they're in the plane going somewhere, you know, so you continue to make the consciousness you are conscious throughout your day. So the meditations are, are a lot shorter these days. Um, we work with people on realizing that that being was the consciousness you inhaled when you were born and it's connected to your solar plexus. Um, so that's the spirit or the consciousness we're talking about, that higher consciousness, you inhale your first breath. That's what they call it, the breath of life. And so then it's anchored in the form. And it's like a child that's never told when to go to bed at night. It just drifts out of the body, you know, because we are not aware that, you know, hey, pal, you got this whole temple here. You've got the whole house here, just, you know, occupy the whole thing. And so what it teaches one how to do is to get out of their head. And you know how humans are really caught up in the mental and how everything looks and external. So the bubble of their being is floating up here, usually in the mental and spiritual realms and all of the rest of their physical body is left in the dark, if you will, which, uh, you know, most of the negative emotion lives below the line of the solar plexus. That's why people don't like to occupy, you know, be grounded because <laughs> then it puts them into feeling mode. And if you don't know what to do with the feelings, it becomes emotions and then you're not wanting to go there at all so we show people how to stay contained in that presence of their loving being and through all the different disguises i've seen uh ignorance and you know show up um in the unwavering presence of love that i have made conscious within myself and around me there's only one thing that it can do and that's transform period awesome. So I mean, we did the, uh, when spirit put me in position to transform the energy of the Boston Strangler and how absolutely aggressive that was on Beacon Hill, I had no idea I was being set up for that. I don't look things up. I just don't want to know. I just really don't want to know. So they put me in this place. I had no idea what had happened in the neighborhood actually right across the street. And there was a couple of other souls I helped transform too, but that energy was extremely aggressive. And, you know, I just didn't think about it. I just, it would literally it was like this huge vortex. It would swipe me all the time and try to knock me off and do things to get my attention. And I didn't even know what I was dealing with for a while, but I was seeing the murders in the back of my head while I was trying to work. And, and were like you brought that. in professionally to work on this house? This was a, a, a building, a business. And uh, I was going there for a job and I had no clue what went on and I couldn't tell anybody what I was doing. I mean, this is the East Coast. People, people are uh, not as open as Californians, you know, so you, you, I just don't, I don't talk about my work a lot to, you know, the jobs that I go to or anything like that. I'll put it into a book or use it as teaching material, but you just really can't go in and go, hey, guess what? You know, you've got this going on because they'll look at you like you're crazy. Um, because they're not having the same multidimensional experience that I am every minute of my life. And um, this was a pretty intense one. So I stayed there and watched the whole place. You know, the last chapter of my book, Redemption, is all about that. And it was really profound how it transformed all the way down to them 
you know, figuring out, I guess, through science that he actually was the murderer. So we really helped it transform through the whole time that it was all discovered. And then, yeah, it was just interesting, very interesting time. But non-resistance is a key. And when, when this energy became really small and finally left my right shoulder, it was kind of clinging to me for a while. And I didn't care. I just do my work and meditate and not pay any attention to it. And one day I just finally said, you know, look, um, all there is is love and love's here to stay. So if you're going to hang out, hang out. But if you do, you're going to, you're going to succumb to love because everything does in the unwavering presence of love. So you want to hang out and transform. Great. And if you don't, you just got to hop off somewhere else because it couldn't vibrationally stay. <laughs> and so as opposed to it being a ghost, that was interacting with you or getting your attention, it sounds like what you're describing was more the energy that was left behind from this being. That That's is all it is. Yeah, yep. since we incarnated, but the energy had not been neutralized before you. Correct. It's, you know, there, nothing is, it has to be transformed or it's still active. And that's why things people don't understand because emotional energy isn't visible. And so they don't really give it a lot of credence. They just think this is the way we are and this is the way it is. And um, it's just not so. So yeah, that emotional energy of a murderous, aggressive male energy who is intimidated by women of some kind, I, I have that effect on people, um, just, I don't know, was trying to harass me and trying to get in my head and trying to do this and that. And it just didn't work out. So mm. uh, I just did what I know how to do and transformed the whole thing. Brilliant. Yeah. And you're bringing up emotional energy. And I, I know that's like a trademark of what you do. Yes. This transformation. Can you talk a little bit about the science and the metaphysics of it? Yes. That's all going to be in my second book, which I want to get out by April of this next year. Um, yes. When we look at things in terms of energy and frequency, then they have uh, varying frequencies. Um, this is why people say, well, I meditate with white light. And I, I'd say, great. Well, that's a super high vibration. Everybody wants to be that. And so the, instead of transforming themselves to bring that about, they split themselves off and divide themselves and stay in the upper part of the aura. So white light is beautiful and wonderful. However, it creates its polar opposite in this dimension, which is darkness and then pushes against it. So law of physics, which is what the world is limited to in that way, uh, for most people, it's push and it'll push back. So golden light really taught me how to get out of resistance within myself by being able to move through the denser parts of my being, which is the emotional body and actually awaken it within the physical body itself. Uh, so the golden light, again, it's a dimensional difference. It's a different frequency. And what people um, are, we're coming about, we just did a video on this the other day. What people aren't realizing right now is that love isn't the end result. It is a step in the evolution of consciousness. Because once you get past the need to be loved and you are that love, then you come into the realm of truth, which is completely different than the vibration of love that people require, i.e. the golden light, in order to transform the duality within them to come to the spirit within the love. So interesting. So yeah. how does it, how does the essence of itself restore wholeness and peace within the emotional, the mental, and the physical bodies. All right, so golden light is love and it recognizes everything as love. It just doesn't know itself to be the love that it is. So negative emotion doesn't know that it is love. And if it's called evil and dark and bad, you reinforce its own feelings of unworthiness. And so it keeps you in the game by your the way you resist it. So anytime you play in the realm of duality, you're feeding that. So when I just stand there without having any forethought or any afterthought and just be the love that I am with the awareness of what is around me, or um, then it just, if it can't get a reaction out of you, if it can't get you to judge it, it has nothing to hang on to. And so, um, yeah, that's really the key. So emotional energy, people are afraid of it. They have shame, they have guilt, they have unworthiness, they have this, they have that. And um, they don't want to feel that.
But you see, love doesn't care. Love just loves. And there's uh, when you're grounded, which is what we teach too in the golden light, your energy is not then um, bringing you up to create an emotion. It's it's a feeling. You you are able to be present to the feeling as the love that you are wherever it presents itself within the body. And then the key is to um, allowing that part of you to express itself, to to express the energy within the grounded presence of your being so that energy doesn't go out to become part of the problem in the world. Can you so, give an example of somebody that you worked with that um, made this kind of transformation? Myself, but uh, I work with people who are pretty, pretty good at getting that together. So what do you want to know? They're a process? Oh, you know, what happened, what they were like before, um, maybe uh, how you took them through the transition transformation and uh, what the result was on the other side. Well, I'm seeing it a lot now in the people that I'm working with that tend to be um, younger. So breaking down the ego is what we do. Uh, <laughs> that's sort of truth is my spirit, which then it works to you know cut into people who want that level of healing. It's it's not an easy path for people to learn how to show you what's there to bring love to it. The people that I work with who's sticking with it transform very quickly. They're coming into themselves. They're they're just not mimicking the language or parroting the words. They're coming to these this consciousness within themselves. So I have one young man that I'm very proud of. Uh, I work with his brother as well. I've been working with them both for almost three years consistently. And um, one of them just came to me and wanted to start off and thought, well, I really, he didn't really have much direction and he had a lot of things going on in his life. And we started working with him and he utilized the tools and we absolutely activated him and we work with him every week. And now he is so good at being able to manage his energy, extremely sensitive kids. They're, they're learn how to manage their energy. Their lives change. Everything is different. He's now has his own production company. He's just become, just blossomed into this by working consciously with his spirit and co-creating, you know, with it as a result of the transformation of his emotional body. So he's not reactive and he's stable and he's opening up quite nicely. And then his, uh, his brother, which is very, um, different from him we he was on more of much more of a mental track for a while and we had to really work with him to help him overcome the resistance to what he was asking for and we get that we get people who come in who say they want it and then it's just there's a lot of pushback and so we're used to dealing with kind of pushback and how do you deal with pushback you don't push back you, know? <laughs> you teach them what love does <laughs> And it's not this sappy thing. It's a consciousness. It holds them and, and they stick around because they know where it's coming from. So yeah, we're seeing the younger kids uh, open up their lives tremendously. I work with young women who are in the uh, corporate world who are becoming empowered instead of just powerful women. Powerful women is different than an empowered woman in a powerful position. And the more we get women who are um, whole within themselves to lead the rest of the women out of the uh, you know, the conditioning that binds them is really encouraging. And it takes so much courage to learn how to deal with the egos of the world without using the ego. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Can you also de demystify this notion of ghosts or demons or paranormal activity? Yes. And how that might relate to emotional energy? Well, I have found that all of it is, is emotional energy, period. And it's been you know, brought to Hollywood and glamorized and sensationalized and turned into these ghost shows and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, first years ago, like 14 years ago, I kind of got irritated. I'm like, what's going on? It really kind of, because my work, there's nothing glamorous about my work. Okay. This isn't something that I just go out and glamour, you know, it's so not that. And so I thought, well, wait a minute, you know, they're putting all of that information into people's minds who would never otherwise look at a book or go to a bookstore or anything like that to know that what they're experiencing has validity. So there was a lot of that. And then it just spiraled out of control. Every demon I've ever experienced is emotional energy. 
it is at its worst in the way that it feels about itself. It believes it's evil. It wants you to believe it's evil and it will do anything to try to convince you because as long as it gets you to judge it, it owns you. It's got you. Wow. Okay. So demons, emotional energy, it actually begins within your own aura. Hmm. Meaning of, that if you're in a really negative spot, you're going to attract it. Well, there are, okay, because the world is made up of emotional energy. If you're vibrating, say, religious conditioning, which is where I find a lot of those demon cases come out of, um, then they are feeling this within themselves. And because there is emotional energy, like inky spots everywhere, if people could see it, mm -hmm. they would realize what is surrounding them, what they're attracting and how it is resonating with them because it's energy and becoming bigger in their experience as a result. So what they talk about is as, as an attachment is, is another blob or, you know, ripple of, of negative emotion that someone is actually drawing to them. Mm -hmm. And so as it becomes resonant with that person's aura, then the person become it, it magnifies through the person. Mm -hmm. It just becomes larger because it needs energy to feed out. It needs energy to be big. So you've got this person who's freaking out, totally ungrounded, religiously conditioned, believing in Satan. And then, you know, here comes this energy to to then become um, even animated within their experience. And if you, if you take them out of that by not trying to get rid of the demon, but by working with that part of them, they can overcome that quite, uh, you know, it's, well, they have to want it, let's put it that way, <laughs> but they can come over, uh, overcome it, you know, quicker than you think. Uh, so there's that. And then paranormal activity, like I say, it's emotional energy left in home, if something is flying across the room, it needs energy to feed off of in order to do that. And so people go in there, they're not, um, they're not whole within themselves. And so things quite energetically will move or react because there's resistance, there's interplay, there has to be something for it to play with, or there's no, no playing. And so when you get people going in there with crosses and holy water and all this stuff, of course, you're going to get resistance, right? Um, yeah, it's all emotional energy. It's, it's like a movie. movie. <laughs> it is, it is a movie. It's this giant, you know, show of duality here where people don't want to understand that for some reason, it's so hard for people to grasp, mm. uh, of what's actually going on here, that it's all emotional. And if you were just whole within yourself, there wouldn't be any, any pollution in the sea. There wouldn't be anything, no wars. So if you don't mind me asking, what can you tell a story about an experience you had with a ghost or paranormal activity? Well, gosh, there's so many of them. Well, the first, you know, Boston Stranglers are a great example of that. Just being um, yeah, give us another one all the time with that. Um, well, I had someone I was working with that was connected to a uh, property where a lot of weird things were happening on that property. And I, I noticed that when I become aware of something, it also becomes aware of me. And sometimes it's aware of me before I'm even aware it's there, but then I have a way of knowing that it's aware of me. <laughs> like we all, we're all in this understanding that it knows that I'm there and I, I'm aware that it's there. Uh, and so I had this image kind of um, show up in my living room that had a specific look and feel, and it just stood there and was looking at me. And I knew what it was related to. And so it's like, hey, you got, you know, nothing, nothing going on here. Just, you can hang out if you want and just let it be. So I have those things quite a bit. Um, a ghost when I was small, my first experience of remembering seeing something, um, I was about seven and there was a, you know, quite emotional, freaked out. Nobody in my house knew what was wrong with Siobhan. There was always something wrong with Siobhan. And they threw a, like a checkerboard across the room we had a dormitory upstairs and they kind of swished it across the floor and it terrified me and after that I started manifesting asthma and you know, <laughs> um yeah so um another ghost experience that a house that I cleared was quite dramatic uh, a lot of experiences with houses that I've cleared um transformed rather than cleared it sounds like you're unfazed like whatever comes to meet you because I mean you know when you're talking murder or demonic energy, I mean, Whatever. for most of us, that's overwhelming. That's not, it's not going to happen, right? And for you, like, what do you attribute that to that you can go into that space? I don't know if it's just a golden light space, but of utter knowing 
of the essence of who you are that you're so unmoved? Well, you know, knowing myself, going through the pages of my soul's history and reclaiming the light within the times that I myself have been the murderous one. And I have been that dark witch in England that murdered my own child for the sake of these powers I never got and was hanging out with people like the soul of Mick Jagger. I mean, you know, there's just a million different examples of that. And when you are able to face that which in yourself, that literally physically made me sick at times. I mean, you know, one of the things in my book is if you want to, <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to unearth those things, to dig them up and then turn it over to turn your stuff into the richest compost. So you're turning lead into gold, you're turning garbage into um, compost, you're turning, turning it into something that is fertile ground. And uh, there were a lot of aspects in myself uh, through my soul history, which has been very vast um, where I've had to come to terms with these parts of myself. And so every time I would hear myself judge something, I know there's an issue there. And when I would go down and, you know, find things within me, I find myself as a Pope knowing exactly what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> so now I had still have issues with the Catholic church because I know what they're made of. I helped write the book that they're continuing to perpetuate now. Um, you know, I've offered my services to go over there and help rectify the situation and help reform it because it's, you know, and yeah, that's a whole nother thing in itself. I mean, it's just countless things throughout my soul history, but I've just come to terms with, and when you do that, you really become the love that you are. You're no longer in judgment of yourself and creating that resistance that would have you judge something external in your experience. That's completely logical, by the way, it's metaphysically logical. And I, as somebody who's a big fan of Dolores Cannon's work, and I follow, I don't know if you know her stuff, but my God, it's brilliant. Um, she dedicated her life to these quantum healing hypnosis techniques. And I mean, people, she went in it to heal people and people are reporting creators of universes, past mm -hmm. lives, you know, ET experience and family and starseed, very deep stuff. And one of the things in one of the books that I have read absolutely leveled me. And it is what you're saying. We have truly been all things, all things. We have been the murder. Well, we are all things. It's not right. even have been. We are all things. And I don't read, I've never read other people's books on any subject in the spiritual realm. And the reason that I didn't do that is because when I was told that everything I needed to know or wanted to know was inside of me, I was kind of cocky in that. I'm just like, oh yeah, well, I got to prove that to myself. So I did the work to find out that it's absolutely true. Yes. So it's, you know, yeah, it is. And so that's how I know everything is emotional energy. There is no such thing as ghosts. It's an emotional imprint from the past. If it's left here on this planet, in this realm, it is going to continue to be active until it's transformed. Amazing. I have, I have such, I'm so fascinated by what you're saying and, and how you operate. So for somebody like me, I probably, I know I've, this is just uncomfortable. Anyway, I think I shut off the thing with dead people. Let's just say it that way succinctly. Okay. Cause I was young and it was very traumatizing. It is. Yeah. It is scary. <clears throat> just a lot of people when they're young. Yeah. Yes. And I relate Claire Sandy and Claire, um, Claire, Clairvoyant. Yeah, no, Claire, Sandy and Claire cognizant. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about the rest. It doesn't matter. But the point is, I if I have somebody come to me and they get very excited when they hear that, I'm like, okay, can I have a reading? And it's like, no. Like, it so doesn't work like that for me. Clearly, someone can come to you, click, you're in, right? Mm -hmm. I can't operate that way. And I don't know why. When I have clients I work with, downloads. I get stuff like, woof, I can't even talk fast enough. And other times, just in life, I'm like a computer and someone's plugged in a USB and it's like, I know what's going on. I know about people and situations. So it's it's a bit of an anomaly for me. And so I, I find it fascinating that you can be so on purpose with that. And for me, it's kind of like, you know, I get it when I get it. What do you attribute that to? I don't know. I, I was made to do this work. I was built for it. And my whole life is just a testament to that fact. 
you know, as fast as it's moved, the, the, the darkness I was born into, the darkness that I married right out of home, which did, it was so funny. I'm like, wow, there was no variance between that right. vibration and what I married into. It's just crazy. And, you know, it, but it, it really laid the groundwork for everything I'm able to do today. And I mean, it's experience after experience, after experience, after experience through healing houses and helping people. I mean, I'm called to England. I give somebody a reading. We, you know, I walk up, I've never been in London before in my life. I go and see this beautiful oh, young lady. Who's, who's all, <laughs> huh? I'll bet in England you see. Yeah. Lot. And, you know, it's just a friend of a friend. She said, you know, you could go over and give her some advice or something. So I went over there and gave her a reading and I didn't know I was going to go over there to help, you know, remove this entity from her body. I mean, this poor woman was just so old looking and she was a young person. And, you know, I just do what I'm guided to do. I don't even know. There's no method to anything. It's so in the moment and it's so unique per person. And I just worked with the energy up the spine. And when I've done that before, I've had people on the ground, like just wailing all kinds of whatever is coming out of them and working with their energy until it's gone, whatever it is, I don't care. Love doesn't care. It just loves. So I'm just holding the space for that to happen. Although I do have tears stream down my face, I can feel it. But other than that, I don't think about what's going on. I just, you know, create the space for it to, to transform. So i you know, worked with this woman's spine and it was just this horrible slimy thing that it was just it was like if you were to look at a Drano commercial with all ah. this stuff in the pipe that's what her spine looked like yeah and so, what do you mean by readings giving someone what kind of a reading do you give well if someone says you know I need a reading for this or that um we we go into the root of the problem it's it's all energy we can very clearly see where the patterns began we can give people tools how to uh, if they want to work with us you know how to use the tools to overcome those patterns um, people sometimes want to understand it first, but other people just go right into the work and, uh, it's about just letting go. Uh, so when we give a reading, it can be, um, a past life with someone else. And we just remind them that that's happening now. It's just reenacting itself. We can deal with it now. You don't have to go back in the early days in my, um, work. Uh, I would go all the way back to, to the past life or the energy acting itself out now with this person in a different time that I remembered and kind of transform it there. So it had the domino effect up to now, but we don't have to even give it that much energy. It's not the story anymore. Now, you know, uh, those of us have been healing since the the nineties, you know, we remember the story and how important that was. And it's not what happened. It's how we felt about what happened, period. So if we can learn to get out of the head and to know the why of it and who, what, where, why, and when, and just get down to how we feel, which is a negative emotion that the, the child is holding onto, then we can just work with it that way and keep the head out of it even more. So we help people get to the root of what their patterns are and help them shift their patterns. And we do that with, you know, if I'm tuning into someone and I'm their home gets my attention at the same time, there could be things on a structural level that require feng shui cures, and that would be the fastest, most powerful way to help support them. Um, in their life, because of course your home reflects you and the patterns of your home absolutely support you or don't support you. And it's funny how people don't realize how big of a deal that actually is. So your home is like your body. And so you have emotional energy going into the home too. And so the patterns that you move into are still re reflecting the patterns in you. And if you shift one, you shift the other but the cures are a very good way to work with the physical and emotional aspects, which both work hand in hand, both in the body and the home. So even a physical condition, you can go in and find the root cause of it? Absolutely. There's always a, an emotion that's that created that dis-ease in the body, always. It's always emotional energy. So we work with people to help them get out ahead of it. You know, if you just manifest and make conscious the love that you are within the form, then um, there's, it won't be able to vibrate what people, you know, into disease. And people say, well, what about genetics? I'm like, genetics are energy. These are familial patterns that are emotional that create a physical pattern within the form. This is not just genetics. You, you know, there's, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Can you also talk about how the audience can reclaim their personal power in any experience and how they can begin to dissolve the division that creates chaos in their world? All right. Well, on, on that, we would work with them on how to stabilize in their inner being. Again, remember, the inner being is like that ball of light 
that is attached to the solar plexus in a, in a cord and it doesn't know what to do and it stays in the mental and spiritual realm. And what that does is it leaves the whole rest of the physical body open to play off the energy, emotional energy that's around it. So when people are ungrounded, they feel like they're taking crazy pills a lot because they're being influenced by the energy on an emotional level within their body and with the rest of the world. And when you learn how to work consciously with your inner being to stay down below the feet and stay buffered, see golden light creates a buffer. It doesn't create resistance. It's not saying I need to keep myself in this white light bubble to keep that away from me. It just says I'm contained in the love that I am. And I'm aware of what's happening, but I'm not thinking about what's happening or thinking about what I feel. I'm aware. And when you have that sort of awareness and you're in control of the situation, you are confident and clear and stable. And uh, an example of that, where that really works, we show people how to consciously work with that bubble of light and then take that golden light breath down the spine, open the base of the spine and drop anchor as fast as they can. And I've been in situations before where on public transportation in Oakland, you know, going through Oakland, California, and always standing when I had to make that commute, I would always stand with my glasses and a, a coat and just with my back to everybody looking out the window. <laughs> I just can't, I can't. And uh, so one day I got corralled behind a seat and uh, I was just going, okay, and just keeping my energy kind of inward. And I was so grateful at that moment, looking at everybody on their phones. And this was rush hour. And so, so um, I felt something ha happen. I wasn't sure because I don't go to my mind for the answer. What I do is I drop my energy field. So I work with that bubble of being of love that I am and more consciously to keep it down in the form, you know, uh, down below the feet as much as possible. But at that time I was feeling something and my energy field started to respond to it. So what I did in that moment was I just dropped it to the floor, inhaled huge golden light breath, dropped anchor, and then I started to profusely sweat. And that happens when I'm in the midst of something. It just, my back turns into a water wall. And I, and I was stabilizing in my being, just feeling where this is coming from. And I kind of looked up, not with my outer eyes, but just to, I, I kind of get a feeling through the buffer of my being, what's going on. And I looked to the left and there was this, um, really tall uh, black man, young kid, younger kid, young man standing there. And he just took his black cloak and put it over his face. And I thought, ah, that's where it's coming from. You know, I didn't think, but I felt, I knew that that's where it was coming from. And um, then I was in, inspired through this because listening to the silence is where I get my information. I don't uh, hear it in words very often. I hear it sometimes, but that's when they're giving me an order. <laughs> um, I knew I had to give somebody a message and then it ended up to be him. So I just followed him out onto the, the platform and tapped him on the shoulder and, and said, um, you know, your angels want me to remind you that you are the light. And he took his black hood and he pulled it back and he had these beautiful eyes and he literally lifted up on the balls of his feet and kind of made, you know, and he had me reiterate what I said. And what I realized in that is that, you know, I am with a collective that is holding me in the way of being able to do what they need me to do for them. And when I go out, when I went out with this young man who could have shanked me because he was from the hood, it didn't really matter because I saw, well, I didn't see feel synonymous with me, but I, I felt how it held him long enough for his heart to open, receive the message, and then me get back on the train and we go our separate ways. So that really taught me that no matter what I'm being asked to do, that I'm, I'm okay. Everybody's okay. Situation's okay. So, you know, I would definitely recommend people learn how to work with their inner being. We can show you how to do that. We can give you all these techniques. Um, some people work with me in four-week blocks. So they say, okay, I want to work with this inner being. How do I do that? We give them a ton of different tools, different breathing exercises, encourage them to work with them throughout the day. And they do these little things and come back the next week. And how is it advanced? And then we give them the next level of that. But really stabilizing in your being is really powerful because you're then not, you're not out here, you're inward and you're just listening. You're present. Nobody knows what you're doing, but you're there in a different vibrational way. So, and that, that different vibrational uh, presence has everything to do with what's going to happen around you. Amazing. Where can folks find you, Siobhan? Well, my website is a good place to begin. 
um, my name.com. So Siobhan Nicolau.com. Um, should probably spell that, huh? Yes, please. <laughs> S as in Sam, I O B as in boy, H A N N I C O L A O U dot com. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Siobhan Nicolau, The Sword of Truth. Um, I have, I'm on Instagram, have a lot of great sayings that we come up with on there. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. You can order my book on my website, you can order my book on Amazon. And what are you next, Dare to Dream? This is Dare to Dream. What are your future dreams and goals, Siobhan? Well, my dream right now is to uh, solidify all the way back to the West Coast, which is happening as we speak, because it's all happening toward by the end of the year. Right now, I'm kind of between LA and, and Boston. And um, get my second book out and work as much as I possibly can. My dream is to make as much of a difference while I can for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been Thank great you. talking to you. Thank you. I end today's show with this quote from Lady Gaga. Do not allow people to dim your shine because they are blinded. Tell them to put some sunglasses on. Subscribe to the Dare to Dream podcast to hear this weekly number one transformation conversation. If you're listening on a podcast, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Debbie Dashinger so you can see myself and my guest. It's worth it. And next week on the show, I am featuring Suzanne Ross Stargate to the Cosmos. She's based out of Sedona and she does healing emotional trauma and clearing mental blockages and way, way more. Let your friends know about the show. And if you have dreams, now is the time. Now is the time you came here to be a light at a really amazing time and the planet and humanity really need it. So be the contribution, be the service you came to be with your particular gifts. And I look forward to reading your comments and hearing from everybody and join us again next week. Thanks for being with us today.